Hello, and welcome to episode 39 of Expertise is Overrated, the podcast that takes the time to answer the questions you didn't know you didn't want the answer to. I'm Sean. And I'm Vib, and neither of us has any clue what we're talking about. Before we move on, let's award the much-vaunted Expertise is Overrated Tinfoil Award. As a reminder, this is an award that we give out at the start of each episode to the person who had the most ridiculous point in last week's episode. No. The astute amongst you will have noticed that we haven't recorded an episode for a while. So the tinfoil this week is linked to that. Mm. It's my bad. Again. <laughs> well, it's, it's always your bad, really, ultimately. <laughs> this this should hopefully be the last one for a while. So I, um, I moved house again, uh, and the house that we moved into didn't have the internet set up that I'd been assured by my ISP would be set up before we moved in. And it's taken this long to get it sorted. Yeah, well, that's that's such a such a thing in this country, isn't it? It's, it's actually infuriating. So mm. I'm, I'm moving in the in the next well two to five months. Um, so it's entirely possible. It's the entirely same possible thing will happen it will happen again. The, the best thing was right. The open reach guy turned up at the house at eight, ten past eight, and he he was like, I, "Do you have fibre to the the house?" I was like, "I think so." And he said, well, do you have an, an OSD box? I, I think so. He came into the lounge where the box was. He went, oh, yeah, you do. Does it work? I, I, I don't currently have internet. Got an iPad, pressed two buttons. Um, and then we've got 100 megabit download internet. Yeah, classic UK. It was, <laughs> it was literally that. He was like, I don't so know. frustrating, isn't it? I don't know why people were telling you I needed to fiddle around with the exchange. That's not how ethernet works. Anyway. I'm not the only one in receipt of an award this week, though. We've got a, an honourable mention. Which is a first, I believe, isn't it? I, th- I think so. To, uh, to no, someone... we've, had, we had, yeah, we've had a few... We gave Lionheart an honourable mention, yeah. but he was on the episode. This is just someone from our Discord server. So Nitsua in our Discord, when I announced on there that this is going to happen, I think just failed to read. It's the only explanation, really. I had a complete failure of reasoning capacity and thought that I was going to be out without internet for seven months and started proposing ridiculous solutions to getting an episode (laughs) recorded. Well, in his own words, because he he sort of read it as... He he said he read mid-October and he then for some reason said, that's seven weeks from now. (laughs) Um... So well done. Uh, please send special. over some of that stuff that you're drinking. Uh, yeah, that was that was quite something. Well done. It is good stuff. And if Nitsuma's daughters are listening to this, please make fun of your father for the rest of his life. Absolutely. <laughs> um, you're sounding very podcasty today. Am I? Yes. I don't know if it's you trying to keep your voice down or something, but you, you're hitting a nice sort of low baritone. Ooh, excellent. I am trying to be quite quiet. So my the study that I'm recording in is just one wall away from where the baby's napping. So I'm right. quite keen to not wake her up. So if I shout loudly enough, it might I'll be go, through I'll your... I'll go deaf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, might be through your um, through your thing. Excellent. But this is good. This is good. Um, I'll need to keep this going forward. You know, I told you earlier this week, and yes, I'm bringing this up in public. <laughs> I say public. Um, but two separate people told me that I've got a great voice for podcasting. So um, you're all very welcome. Well, if you've come to our podcast after telling Vib that, how much better is my voice than his, eh? 
Make sure you tell him that in person next time you see him. At least I don't have a funny accent. Anyway. <laughs> All right, Mr. <laughs> Belgian. <laughs> Whoa, that is privileged information. <laughs> Sorry. Um, privileged to everybody, of course. Yeah, I've definitely accused you of being Belgian before. Anyway. anyway. Yeah, anyway. What's, what's great is that um, the notes stop here. Yeah, so what going, are we even talking about today? <laughs> we're going completely off piste. So we were originally back when I thought I was going to have internet at some point in September. We were going to talk about uh, Marvel films because I've finally caught up uh, yeah. with Thor, uh, Love and Thunder. And so now in a position to talk about all Marvel films released to date. But, One word verdict on Thor? Yeah. Yeah, it's not, fantastic. Not, <laughs> not, as good as, not as good as Ragnarok. No, but yeah, second the, second best Thor film. Well, I mean, <laughs> at that point, it has to be. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Thor one is good. Uh, Thor okay, one is yeah, very yeah. Good. We we were going to talk about the MCU and its we were going to talk. lack of villains. Or well, sort of power we were, creep villains. We were we were going to talk about whether the films are getting more ridiculous. The original talking point was going to be has Marvel jumped the shark? Um, yes. But we're going to come on to that next week and talk about something slightly different, as as Vib has, has suggested. Because two days ago, the finale of Rings of Power, Amazon's flagship Lord of the Rings, Middle Earth fantasy TV show, aired. I'm assuming you've watched it, otherwise this is going to be a lot of me talking. Well, we don't want that, so yes, I have watched it. <laughs> Excellent. Um... Yeah, so we're going to just spend the next hour probably talking about Rings of Power, what we thought about it, what we liked, what we didn't, if there was anything we didn't, which there probably was. For, um, for once, I will say, because we're actually uncharacteristically on time. We're so on time. Um, obvious spoiler warning for all yes. of Rings of Power. <laughs> yes, and probably spoiler warnings for seasons two, three, four, and five, but we yes, but I mean anyone who's just read guessing. the 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 wider Tolkien literature um is in the same boat. Yes. We're, we're not in any way privy to the No, no, sorry, when I say spoiler warnings, all that we're likely to be able to spoil is major plot points, assuming Amazon's not gone too far off the deep end, plus a little bit of cast and crew um interviews and stuff. So with that warning, uh, throw it back at you. One word. What did you think? One sentence rather than one word. Uh, I loved it and hated it. So I, I described it to someone recently. I'll see if I can find the exact quote that I had because it was quite good. I think I said, I really like it and I can't explain why. That That's... That's one way. Part part of me looks at it in and thinks objectively I should hate this, right? Because there there are some lore issues, but you know what? I think they did it in such a charming way, and what we'll come on to did it in an engaging way. Yeah, that I'll forgive them for it. I, I think that's right. I think that's right. I think the bits that I didn't like. Well, no, I, I, like I said, I enjoyed every episode. I will watch probably the whole thing again at some point before season two comes out. I'm going to watch season two. The pacing, I think, was the biggest thing 
for me that I really struggled with because it's what eight episodes, nine episodes, eight, I think. Yeah, if that right, is it even eight episodes? I think it's, I think it's eight. I've been watching this for for two months, have I? I think so, but nothing happens for the first four episodes. Nothing happens. That is very true. And then everything is essentially crammed into the last three episodes. Yeah, it's something that only really kind of dawned on me towards once I'd finished that last one. I said they spend so much time setting it up. Mm. Because I remember we actually talked and said that, you know, the pace is a bit glacial. And then, yes, as you say, all of a sudden, all the reveals happen and, uh, you know, literally Mount Doom blows up and all hell breaks loose. Yeah, so Mount Doom blows up at the end of the third but last episode. And then in the penultimate episode, you get... Galadriel just deciding to leave everyone... Galadriel behind. and Theo. <laughs> and you also get a lot more Elrond and Durin stuff. Specifically which Durin. Which we're all here for. Which we're, oh, I'm absolutely here for that. Specifically Durin going against his father's wishes and then being caught and that all going to shit. And then in the last episode, you get the entirety of the forging of the three in 25 minutes. Yes, the namesake of the entire show happens in about 20 uh, 20 minutes. It's ridiculous. We were talking about it before, weren't we? It's quite difficult to see how they spin this out now for five seasons. Well, a lot, a lot has to happen ultimately, right? I mean, we, we've essentially True. seen a snapshot, so we we know that law wise, the elves are at war with Sauron for a long time before men get involved. But that can't be true, no, because we're on a, essentially the timer is on. A, we're on a ticking clock because we've seen. Well, when Isildur I say men, I, I do mean Numenor. Yeah, sure, but I mean, how old? Elendil's what three hundred, four hundred years old when he dies? Three hundred, I think. And he's looking, yeah. He's looking pretty middle aged now. We've probably got 150 years. Yeah, but I, I think they're doing some some sort of time warp, warp fuckery with all this. I, I just I think they're essentially going to tell the second age of story in the span of a few hundred years. Even I think though that's it's supposed right. to be many thousands. I think that's right. I think we're they're condensing essentially the Numenorian plot to just. Um, Elendil and Farazon and ignoring sort of everything that came comes before the sort of, as you say thousand years before then which is fine yeah. be- because but, but do Farazon and Elendil overlap technically? They have to because Farazon is the ooh yes Elendil is the lord of Anduni during Farazon's reign I'm fairly sure as our Farazon because it's our Farazon who builds the fleet that sails yeah, west. Yeah, talks everything up, yeah. And don't the faithful leave... Yeah, doesn't Elendil found Arnor and, get, and Gondor post Numenor sailing west, but post the sinking? Yeah, he does it post the sinking, for sure. But so I, they have I, to I thought there may be that. some time in between... 
the sinking and Elendil actually coming around. But no, th- yeah, it makes sense for them to overlap for sure. Well, because it, it's Elendil and his sons who land in Middle Earth. It's not their ancestors. Yes, yeah. So they have to. Yeah, but I mean, Numenor- yeah, Numenorians and, and, and Middle Earth are not ever really mutually exclusive. No. Um, but no, I guess that's. Yeah, because as you say, he doesn't live that long ultimately in the grand scheme of things, and he's there at the last alliance. So, mm. yeah, he, we, we've got to that. That actor probably has to make it to the last alliance, which means we're on a ticking clock. Yeah, and and speaking of actors, um, Hal Brand, big fan. Um, I must say, I think I think actually he is perfectly cast. So, yeah, I think he is for for the character that he's playing. I think he's perfectly cast. The, I'm going to really struggle if Halbrand is as well as being Sauron Anatar. I think I'm going to really struggle with that, and because I, I don't see, he doesn't look like fair enough for what I imagine Sauron coming to Celebrimbor and as, as the Lord yeah, of Gift no. is going to be. But I guess he he is. That's that's who. Halbrand is. So, so I've got some issues with that whole plotline. Um, but okay. but I'm more concerned about going forward is that obviously Anatar has to be a thing. Um, but well, the Numenorians now this. have met Halbrand and know what he looks like, so they're going to have to recast Anatar, surely. Well, there's there's two there's two ways they could do this, right? Because so, mm, let me think. Let me get this one right. That would be so. It's Sauron who goes to Numenor in chains. It's not Anatar. It's actually Sauron. Yes. So they don't need to recast Halbrand. They just have Halbrand go, oh yeah, I'm actually Sauron, to the Numenorians, and then that works. But then you still need to cast Anatar. If, if you need to cast Anatar, unless Anatar is a title that Halbrand adopts. And it's still just Halbrand. Oh. So you're, you're saying that, that Numenor knowingly let Sauron yeah, guide them astray. But, but they uh, do. That could but be they do. That's the thing. They, they do knowingly let Sauron guide them astray. That's, mm. what, that's, that's what the fall of Numenor is. It's taking Sauron in council. They're not deceived. Not like Celebrimbor is. Uh, well, yeah, but let's talk about that. I mean, that I think really is where they rushed it too much for my liking. Yeah. I They, they spend the entire season sort of getting Halbrand and Galadriel's relationship established, and I think they do that fairly well. But the problem is they've also spent the entire season undermining Galadriel's importance because Gil-Galad is like, you know, I command things around here. So I... I think you and I have slightly different views of um, Gilgalad, which I want to come on to. But yes, you're, you're right that you don't get the sense from Rings of Power that Galadriel is probably, if Tolkien were writing, no High King at this point, High Queen. Wait, let's say that again. So <laughs> the, re- the, the, the reason that Gilgalad is High King is that the High King of the Noldor is the... Noldor, male in closest descent to Finway. 
discounting the sons of Fëanor, yes. right? If you take out the male requirement to be High King, Galadriel is High Monarch of the Noldor because she's yeah. closer to Finway. So that that's my only point. Yeah, and no, sure, sure. No, but, but I, I think the elves, above anything else, just value wisdom and, 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 and knowledge. And I mean, she's been around for so long, which they, they kind of don't seem to really want to acknowledge and appreciate. Uh, which is which is you know which they is do. fine. I, I don't mind if they create some sort of power dynamic. But then you know, in the last episode and stuff, she's clearly held in high regard by Kellen River and Edelrond because she seems to be kind of in charge. She yeah. So I don't I, I don't mind her um sort of being less wise than she is in the Third Age. I think that they do a good job of explaining sort of why she's so monodirectional. Yes. Um, but it you're right. But is this just because we're too deep in the lore and so are struggling to reconcile the Gladriel it's... that we see on screen with the Gladriel that we think we're reading about in the Silmarillion? It's possible, of course, and it's entirely possible. But what bothers me is that someone like Calabrimbo, who is, is still very senior, and not to forget Feanorian, just lets yeah. a man stroll into his damn workshop and make suggestions. Um, a man that he doesn't know. Um, no, but Galadriel man. knows him. Galadriel Galadriel knows, actually... But that also kind of bothers me, ultimately. like She's so hell-bent on finding evil that... I don't know, she, she just makes some very fundamental flaws, I think. It's She's essentially in a can't-see-the-wood-for-the-trees situation. Potentially, yeah. Right? She's potentially. so fixated on this idea that Sauron is back and is coming back and, and all of that. And she's the only one who sees this risk and no one else is taking it seriously. And Gilgalad's busy playing politics, and even at her friend Elrond isn't supporting her. And then Halbrand appears, and all of a sudden he's someone that she can essentially use. And that's the point that he's making when they have that weird mind fuckery bit in the last episode. He's like, you did everything. I just wanted to stay in Numenor and make swords. You're the one who convinced Muriel. You're the one who dragged me to the Southlands. It's all been her. And it's all because she doesn't... He's not entirely so, honest about that. He got on the ship. He got on the ship, yeah. but She wanted she, him to, yeah. She convinced he got on the ship. him. Ah, uh, mm, no. Did, did she? Obviously is the actual question. I'm not convinced either way. But it's an easy spin for him. I think their their dynamic is really good, even right it, at the it end. Is really good. It is really good. I think it was well done in, in in a lot of ways, actually. That you know, if you reduce Sauron to just a creature who wants to essentially ensure world peace, well, that's all. Yeah, you know, then, then she's the one at odds with that, right? Because she actively wants to wage war. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, which it's really clever. I thought. Um, I no, I think I think it's really well done i think we're going to need to spend some time with halbrand now that we know who he is well we're going to because he's gonna have to put an almighty beat down on adar isn't he 
Yeah, that's going to be really good. I'm really looking forward to that. Can, can we take a Unless moment? Unless he to was talk? also just taking, I, I don't know, or lying. He, he, he's a confusing mystery to me. Adar. Yeah. Mm, I really like the. I really liked his inclusion, though. I thought. Um, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> it's it's difficult because, as you quite rightly said, it canonizes something that Tolkien always struggled with, which is where do orcs come from? Yeah. It which fine. I don't think that's a particularly meaningful question. They're just the bad guys, and I think it's fine for them to just be the bad guys, and I don't think they need any metaphysical significance beyond that, although it's fun to argue about whether or not no. they have Fear and all of that. From a, from a this is the storyline and this is how it's going to progress, it's absolutely not anything you should be worried about. Orcs exist, this is how orcs are made, but it's yeah. just to move on with our lives. But as you say, that the sort of more meta um, things are important in that context. True, true. And there's there's a big, <laughs> very big and very unsavory question about how does Adar create more orcs? And I'm not sure I want the answer to that. Ah, vats. Probably. Probably vats, but... Well, he adds how... to the vats, we, we'd rather not ask. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I, but... I like the idea that the first orcs or Uruk were just elves. I, I really, really like that. I really like this suggestion that the later orcs are the sort of horribly misshapen creatures that you see in Jackson's films or even in Ring of, Rings of Power. But the very, very first ones are just elves that Morgoth stole and tortured and broke. I, I've always liked that, yes, because I mean, it just shows that they're not completely infallible, which is always nice in a, in a lively world. But I always like to think that that off the back of that, you know, Morgoth essentially was experimenting and seeing mm. like, how can I recreate an elf? And the best he ever came up with was an, was an orc. Now, I guess that's not necessarily ruled out in the way they've done this. No, it's not. I see what you They're mean. experimental creations that, that are sort of weirdly modeled on Adar and, and mm -hmm. elves. But uh, yeah, I don't know. Hopefully, we get to explore a little bit more in some of the seasons. We got we got to fill it with something, right? <laughs> yeah, there's a lot. We need a lot of filler. I just want a whole season on orc biology, please. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Oh, I'd love it. I'm here for it, Amazon. If you need a consultant, uh, you know, hit me up, <laughs> Jeff. You know, I know you're listening. <laughs> yeah, God, I don't want to even contemplate. There's a lot. Yeah. We'll get David Attenborough to narrate the whole thing. It'd be great. That, be fantastic. That, that I would get behind. Yeah, you um, see? You see? Billion you dollar idea right here. You're starting to sell me on it. <laughs> now, what I don't like, a core storyline that I don't like, is the all the Harfoot stranger rubbish. I just don't care. I was struggling the whole way through to care about that, and I just didn't. And I've been thinking about it for the last 24 hours, or I think, or more even. And I've come to the conclusion that the reason I don't like it is that it's a story that doesn't touch any other story. It's completely, uh, yeah. which was a, a realization that I only came to, you know, two or three hours after finishing the last episode. Yeah. But Nori and the Stranger 
don't interact with anyone other than Harfoots. And I don't see how it's so hard to care about them in the context of the Rings of Power. Now, obviously, they're trying to set up that the stranger is someone of great importance. And I liked the reveal right at the start of the last episode that he's Sauron, except obviously he's not. That was quite funny. I like that. But I don't know. It just... Because yeah, he's not I, I, Sauron. I agree with you wholeheartedly. It's got the sort of Daenerys problem, right? In that it's a storyline that's set completely elsewhere. But it's worse in that there, as you say, there are absolutely zero links to anything else that's going on. And now they're going <laughs> None in at the, all. And now they're going in the wrong direction. Uh, ish, right? They might they might cross paths with Halbrand, maybe. Ish. It's 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 hard to know. But Halbrand's already in Mordor now. We saw him crossing the mountains. Yeah, he, of Doom. yeah he moves fast, doesn't he? Um, but well, there's there's a few things about it, right? And I, and I really hope that it's a not Gandalf. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and, and b that it's just some sort of pandering that we're going to get a blue wizard who is essentially just Gandalf. Um, <laughs> I, I really hope we don't get that. And what was weird to me is it's his introduction, right? It's this giant meteor that just flies across all of Middle Earth. Everyone sees it. Does and anyone no one comment? reacts? It's weird, no? <laughs> I don't understand why Gil you know, when the, the Linden tree is dying and Gilgalad's like, the our light is fading. Why doesn't he put two and two together and get to six and go, it's because of that meteor we have to find out yeah, what that was? Because well, that's fl- never happened before. <laughs> it came from the West. Like it's just bizarre. Like in Warhammer, when there's one comet flying over the world, everyone goes fucking nuts about it. You know? Oh, holy shit, we, we've got a god now. <laughs> no, so it, it, that, that was weird. And I, and I thought that was maybe a really ham-fisted attempt to link the stories because they, they really aren't. No. And yeah, I, I, I'm with you on this. I don't really see how how they link it up because they, they already needed these three mysterious characters, which they didn't explain even remotely. To get him to be motivated to go east to Rune. Yeah, those three were great though. Just they're in the they're in like one and a half episodes. <laughs> you see them at the end of like episode four, and you don't see them again until the like penultimate episode where they just burn the shit out of all the Harfoot stuff, which I'm completely on board with. And then not Gandalf just vaporizes them all. You know? It's, okay. It's cool. so random, though, isn't it? Like it really, really is. Uh, yeah. it's, it's it's almost like the writer sat down and like, okay, we we have the stranger idea, love that. We have the Harfits because we know we need hobbits. Yeah. How do we get this scenario to end up with the stranger and one of the Harfits going east? <laughs> I guess. He's so they literally just threw in a, an ex machina. We're like, here you go. These three random whatever they are, who who seem to break quite a few. I don't know, Tolkienish laws of magic almost. They're phenomenally magical, aren't they? Yeah, in a way that I was not expecting. It's odd, right? It's odd. Were they human? I guess so. They must have been. They can't be can't have been my arc as the stranger vaporized them. Yeah, maybe they were elves? I don't know. No, they had they didn't so. have they didn't have pointy ears. And also I don't think there's meant to be any elves that far east. Yeah, but ultimately, who knows, right? True. It's an argument that we've had uh, offline true, in the past true. about 
how many firstborn were there ultimately and where did they all go? Yeah, I discovered recently that like Ingwei and Finway and Olway and all of them are like not first generation elves and that broke my brain for a while. Yeah, see, but I think they I think they might be though. No, because they've got. I think the evidence is a bit inconclusive, isn't it? They're not. They're, they weren't the first, I guess. Perhaps. But the wasn't first one. It's so hard to tell. It's the one with Tolkien in, in those kind of things because he he went back and just changed so many things he didn't yeah. like. There's, there's just no. Different ones. There's no such thing as canon. If it's not, if it's in anything other than the Lord of the Rings or the Hobbit, do you like? Yeah. I mean, Christopher Tolkien tried his very best to, to sort of decide yeah. a few things, but oh no, yeah. he's, he's gone as well now. So everything's up for grabs. Everything's for grabs. So no, no, I agree with you. The Stranger storyline, I didn't mind it. I, I, I must say, I didn't, I didn't mind it at all. But yeah, it just doesn't fit, does it? Really? No, it feels like filler. And it, I, it does, yeah. In a, in a series that didn't need filler, because I, I I needed more time. With Celebrimbor, with Elrond, with Durin. I agree. I agree. I think they could have done the whole first season, but I feel that would have made their job much more difficult in terms of who who is Sauron. Because then yes. it's just like, oh, it's Halbrand. It's just, it, it might be Adar. Oh, no, it's Halbrand. No, you're absolutely right. The stranger but, gives us that. But equally, did, did we really need that? Because there, there was a time where, where I was thinking, oh, maybe there's... Um, Maybe Sauron is just an unseen individual at the moment who is still influencing all this. So I, I was suggesting that at one point that the answer to who is Sauron is no one that we've seen. I would have quite liked that, but yeah. But the, e- and even if it is Halbrand, there's, there's, you can be ninety nine point nine percent certain of something, but that point one percent of doubt is, is usually enough to just keep you thinking. Oh, maybe it's not him, you know? Like yeah. when he saves Gladriel on that raft. Things yeah. like that. If they if they just did more and more of that, build the doubt in our minds the, as to whether or not he is evil or not. They, um, they do it. They, to be fair, in, in complaining about pacing earlier, the pacing of the who is Sauron question is really good because it's definitely Halbrand, and then he saves Galadriel, and then you're like, wait, hold on, and then the stranger does that murdering the fireflies thing. So you're like, huh, maybe it's the stranger. And then Halbrand gets to Numenor and he wants Maybe. to be a smith and he beats the shit out of those guys, which is really funny. And like, oh, it's, it's definitely Halbrand. And then the stranger does something else that's like risky and scary. You know, oh, maybe it's the stranger. And then you start to hear about Adar. See, and I, I never had that. No, with the stranger, I never had it. He was, he was, I, to me, he was never Sauron. No, I don't I think, think he was either. Me. But I, Adar, Adar was a better bet. Adar sure. was a better bet until we saw him. And his relationship yes. with the orcs wasn't right for him to be Sauron. Yes, but no, it was. It was. I I was a big fan of the Sauron hasn't been on screen idea, but I think Halbrand was good. I think part of the problem with the idea that it was Halbrand is we've essentially George Martin has completely ruined us all on the idea that people are just who they say they are. Because <laughs> pre Game of Thrones. We, you'd have been watching that, and you'd have gone, "Huh, Halbrand's a bit of a grumpy sausage every now and then." Oh my god, he's Sauron! But we were all just looking for it. We were looking for the guy who was Sauron, who wasn't claiming to be Sauron, because it's not just Martin. But well, but as with Martin's works, it, it, it's again a question of if you've read the source material, you you know that Sauron 
is hiding um, and doing kinds of shenanigans. That's true. But so I think to someone who's a bit more lay, shall we say? Yeah. Um, that would be. It's, it's be... hard to know because I don't. I don't know if you if you kept it with the media. I actually tried to avoid it, and I feel that there wasn't too much out there. Like I feel they controlled it pretty well. There wasn't that much out there. Yeah. Because the only things that I saw was like, oh, who is the stranger? Um, yeah, and, and, and someone was like, where is Sauron? So, so I don't know if you if you generally came in as an agnostic, if so, you I've seen been all that concerned with where is Sauron or is Sauron one of these people? I've What's, seen a few. Yeah. I've seen a few people on Reddit talking about having watched it with non-Tolkien fans, and the good money was on either Adar or the Stranger amongst non-Tolkien fans. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, well, pl- well played, Amazon. In that case, yeah, yeah, I think that's I think that's probably the answer. Um, um, but 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 while I didn't think the stranger was Sauron, I still I still had the issue of like, oh, who the fuck is he though? You know, like is yes. is, is Star? And I think I was probably eighty percent convinced he he was. Um, but I really hope it's not Saruman or Gandalf. Uh, because that would be weird for the timeline. Just, just have it be a blue wizard. I think that's... I know, it gives you creative license, right? Because there's nothing canon about them at all. And we know they went east. And we know they went east. This is why I came up with an almost weirder thing, that Nori might somehow become the second blue wizard, but I don't know how to explain that quite to myself yet. That would be unexpected. But the problem is they gave the stranger... The Gandalf quote, always yeah. follow your nose. So unless that's a really, really brave bait and switch, which I would have a lot of respect for. Well, and as some friends of mine pointed out to me earlier, as we had a little debrief on it, that, you know, they said, uh, well, his nose even was made a bit crooked to look like Gandalf's. I haven't noticed that. but so, well, I hadn't noticed that either. Um, Fair. But if it's Gandalf, I'll be so disappointed. Like, you've got so much wealth such a wealth choice when it comes to wizards. Yeah, you've you know? got to ask what does making the stranger Gandalf as opposed to anyone else get you other than pandering to fans? Yeah. Because it also, yeah. if it's Gandalf, you know that he's never at risk, which is always an issue. Exactly, with the blue wizards disappear essentially exactly they, they may be around or they may not be it's <laughs> it could have just been shanked the moment they got to ruin which again funny <laughs> i imagine it just season two opens up with just nori being beheaded outside a temple and the stranger in chains and then you just never see them again that'd be amazing yeah but then that really <laughs> then you really think well, what was the fucking point of all that story like <laughs> just, just for had that nothing scene. to do with anything just for that scene just because it'd be really funny um, um, yeah, so so maybe I don't know. If, uh, uh, Nori becoming a blue is maybe a bit much, but I I suspect what we'll see is them getting into trouble in the east and the other blue wizards, yes, being sent out to like you know sort it out. Meteor Man two point because um, you know it it'll help us maybe understand what the fuck the colors are about, <laughs> you know, because that's never been made entirely clear. No, it hasn't. Um, but my my fear is that they're going to lean a little bit into what the Lord of the Rings films kind of did, where where they really made Gandalf the antithesis to to Sauron, which is which is fine, it works. Um, but I feel that you know 
in the actual books, that's overstating it a bit. You know, the, the plight is between the elves and men and the dwarves and the Dark Lord and, and you know, yeah, it's a weird Gandalf as a guiding force of all. Yeah, that. he's a he's a he's sent east as are the rest of the East Ari to be guides and counselors, but forbidden to match power with power. Yeah. So it's, which, is, which is such a weird way to hamstring your your um, agents, isn't it? Really. Yeah, but it's just because the art. <laughs> Because if they don't, if they don't forbid them from matching power with power, then the argument becomes: Why not just send Aeon Way to kick Sauron's ass and drag him back to Valinor? So it becomes, because you ultimately don't need to do that. No, but if you're, it's so weird. If you're sending people to oppose, why are you sending people to oppose Sauron? What what opposition does he need? It's. That, yeah, I'm that's so the, I think that's the only explanation. Surely, is that Manway did just enough to let the peoples of Middle Earth help themselves. I think that's. I think that's right. Uh, something, well, something, also throwing a curveball in the shape of Saruman. You know something, something plan. Eru's plan. Yeah, it's weird. Can we talk about the dwarves? No. Okay. Um, so elves. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Dan, if you're listening, yeah, that's for you. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, all right, then let's talk about the dwarves. I hate to admit it, I fucking loved them. That was very good, wasn't it? Durin and Disa might be my favorite like TV power couple. What I really liked, though, is the last that we see of Durin and Disa. They're essentially plotting a small coup. Small? Well, not that small, though. Essentially, plotting to overthrow the rightful king before he dies and put Durin the Fourth on the throne, which you know, I like Durin the Fourth, but his his dad's king is is I, I just really like that like they've created these characters whom we like, whom we relate with, and who you know, Bessie mates with Elrond and all that, but also Deesa's clearly got her eyes set on being queen of Khazad-dûm. Oh, hugely, and. She's really nice and chatty and friendly and all that, but she's also willing to essentially tell her king to fuck off. Yeah, just, there's, feel, there's a hunger for power underneath there. Something. Yeah, so I could see, and I'm not sure how the timelines would line up, I could see Disa being the inciting incident for Durin taking a ring, for example. Th- that, and also, you know, that that greed for power is, is definitely going to be mirrored in her greed for me thrill and wealth and digging deeper, the yeah, yeah. whom we didn't need to see just oh, I hated that I hated that it was, it's so frustrating there's so much that I liked about the show and then so many of those little scenes where I'm like I didn't need that you don't need to show me the the Balrog yeah like just just the leaf not not even fully burning up just man. starting to curl yeah, just the heat waves. That's all you needed. We all know the Balrog is down there. You don't That's need to show us that the Balrog is no. down there. I was, you know, talking about watching it with non-Tolkien fans. No one who's watching Rings of Power hasn't seen Fellowship. Yeah, 
No one. So that that leaf also fell for about I don't know thirty seconds. Yeah, you don't have to dig that deeply to just meet a Balrog. <laughs> Turn, turns out that the Balrog is right underneath. Um. So yeah, it's 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 so frustrating. We didn't need that, but but the, no, the dwarves. Uh, great, their storyline though going forward. Because for. for <laughs> I don't know, throughout the sort of later episodes, it's like, is, are we going to have to see an elf versus dwarf war or something? Is, is this where we're heading with this? But they end up busy mates. Celebrimbor carves the runes on the doors of Durin. Yeah, so so it's going to have to be a Game of Thrones situation, right? Durin the Younger is going to have to take care of Durin the Elder somehow. Or Durin the Elder just dies of old age. Yeah, but he's disavowed... His son. True. And True. Yeah, the suggestion very much is that he's got other sons. So Yeah, no, there is a suggestion that Dorin has brothers. From Deesa, in fact. So maybe, maybe we have to see a proper dwarf politicking coup. That would be quite funny. Huh? It would be quite I'm good. here for it. You know, the, yeah, the, the aesthetic that they made for the dwarves, uh, I think, was fantastic. How's it doing? Looks great. I really like the deepening of the culture. Yeah. Right, so you get the sense, you know, because problem is our interactions with dwarves in the Tolkien area are Gimli and Thorin's company. As we've discussed previously, Thorin's company are just like 12 of the same dwarves plus Thorin. And Gimli, yeah. Gimli's a one, in the films, he's a one note character, in the books, he less so, but he's still only one person. Yeah, but but I think both as well. It's just the same old story for the dwarves, right? Is that they're inherently inward-looking yes. and selfish and greedy, and then over time we're like, oh, hang on, if we you know help others and the people around us, things are better. So yeah, we, yeah. we, we you know we get it now. <laughs> yeah, true. But and this is why in in the show it was never really that clear to me why the king was so against. Mine because, is for me thrill. Like I, I get it on scale, but you're but you're dwarves, right? That's what you do. <laughs> but like, I guess figure out a point. way to make it to make it um, less unsafe. But I guess that's the point. There is no such way, right? They're dwarves with all their capability from mining and singing ores out of the rock and all of that, and even they can't make it safe. Yeah, like, maybe. I guess, I guess that's the point. But it does just look a bit like. Durin the Elder is just a bit, a bit of a scaredy cat. Maybe. Uh, Here's a random thought I had early today, actually. Uh-huh. So who are the better smiths, the elves or the dwarves in this universe? It should be Celebrimbor. Should, should be, the, be elves, the elves, right? The Noldor are the greatest smiths of Middle-earth. I think. So the dwarves are like this weird... They're like this weird halfway house route between elves and men, aren't they? Yeah, yeah. Like they can do things slightly better than men. I think they're better miners than the elves. Maybe. And they're more industrious and more industrial. And this this is maybe where I can kind of forgive the mithril storyline, because it's a very important metal, a very valuable metal. And at least it was the dwarves who sort of discovered it. I think they re- they nearly rescued the Mithril storyline. It, weirdly, a twist I didn't actually see coming. 
the entire time I was like, you know, that that's that seems like a relatively large ring that I'm sure you can do something with, but it ne- for some reason never once occurred to me. It's like, oh, why don't you just make the rings with that? Um, no, I and, didn't. And use that power to to save the elves, and I, I think that actually worked really quite nicely. Yeah, that was good. They overdid the 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 threat of it, I think. Of what fading? Of fading, but I, but I guess it's such a it's such an immaterial. Is that the right word? Yeah, it's, it's such an ethereal a... problem, right? That only abstract. really works in the Tolkien world. An abstract problem, exactly. That that perhaps they just needed to really visualize it with the tree going bad, essentially, and saying, think, you know, our power is fading. I think that's right. I don't know. I didn't need Mithril to be special. No, no, but you needed the rings to be special, and I guess maybe making the metal that they're made of, in addition to the stones that are from Middle-earth. Because I think it was actually a really important line that Celebrimbo came out with, is that he wanted to make, insofar as uh, Fëanor made things that captured the essence of Valinor, he wanted to make things that captured the essence of Middle-earth. I think that's very yeah. important to the storyline. True. It was such a throwaway line. Um, it was... Uh, but yeah, it, it wasn't It wasn't ideal. The problem is they had... They almost wrote themselves into a corner with needing... Needing to give Elrond a reason to go to Khazad-dûm to introduce the dwarves. Uh, he could have just really liked dwarvish beer. He could have just really liked dwarvish beer. But then... Also, the idea that Mithril is somehow imbued with the light of the Silmarils. There's no suggestion of that anywhere else. It's just a really swanky ore. Yeah, my, my guess with that is that there is this idea that one of the Silmarils is like deep in the earth now, isn't it? Someone throat casts it into a pit. Yeah, so, so I wonder if they've just gone, ah. Oh. Maybe we can then say that it's in Mithril. I guess. I guess. Um, which, you know, I, I I don't despise it. I think it's not great. It <laughs> but I'm keen to see where they go with it. It does allow them to forge the three first, rather than... It's, it's weird because the rings themselves are so poorly defined in... The legendarium. They're just MacGuffins. Yeah. They're they're it's, imbued it's always with been an, a mystery. They're right? imbued with some abstract power to preserve, to guard against change, which the elves see as a bad thing. Obviously, because the elves want to live forever in the glory of, and light of Valinor. But sort of how but, the rings do that is so unclear. So the idea that they're this band that contains the light of Valinor. I don't hate. I just wish they were gathering the light some other way. Maybe you yeah. could fo- you could use Mithril to focus the light of Erendil. Right, because that is the light of a Silmaril. So you could could have done that perhaps. And then you still need Mithril. I don't know, it was just it it turns it made Mithril feel weird. Yes, for sure. It makes it even weirder now that Frodo walks around Middle Earth with a whole vest made of the stuff, yeah. like the, the, the life force of the elves. Almost like it's it's kind of odd. Um, but what the main outstanding question I had was, what was Sauron's ultimate plan here in terms of actually subjugating the elves through the power of the rings, and why has it failed? 
Because he showed Celebrimbor everything, ultimately. And the only difference is that Galadriel said, let's make three instead of two. A Finrod's dagger. Yeah, so that's just I purity, bet, though. But I bet you that's actually the answer. So the, the reason that the three are separated from the one is that the metals that went into their production are purer. Uh, so they well, weren't derived from Middle-earth. Weren't derived from Middle-earth, so they're... Yeah. Their metals are incorruptible because they're not filled with Morgoth's corruption, right? Because Morgoth put forth his corruption into Middle Earth, so everything in Middle Earth is tainted. That could be an elegant solution, yeah. So that's why the three are different. Yeah. Or, or it's just that Kele- when when Halbrand returns to Celebrimbor to, to help him forge the seven and the nine. He doesn't know about the three for some reason. So he doesn't bake in controlling them into the one. I yeah. don't know. Yeah, how, how they're going to make the seven and the nine now is going to be interesting. But um, I look forward to seeing it. You know what really bothered me about the rings? I don't know. Really you, but the, 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 the <laughs> what really bothered me is like you have one of the finest Elven Smiths ever, and he doesn't in any way, shape, or form, refine the gemstones that he puts in there. That really bugged me as well. The gemstones just, just, just picked off the ground and like, oh, that'll do. <laughs> so uncut. Like, come on, man. I know, I know elves appreciate the sort of the purity of, mm. of how things are, but... Well, but give, give, give us a, a throwaway line. The gemstones have to be, have, have Halbrand say strange that they're not cut, and have Celebrimbor say they have to be uncut because they, they're to preserve nature, so we can't over yeah. what we can't we can't impose yeah. upon them but we've also seen so many elven jewels that have beautifully cut gemstones yeah, in them so it's just like it, was, it really frustrated me it was very strange and also when you saw and i'm sure this isn't actually what happened because he'd have to solder it in but when you saw celebrimbor drop the ruby into the setting and it doesn't fit yeah was, but i was, think that's pretty normal you have to you have to like hammer it shut right i'm sure i'm sure that's true but we don't see him doing that so i'm just picturing sort of Elrond puts his ring on, turns his hand over, and the stone falls out. <laughs> and then Middle Earth ended, and then we have a very different canon all of a sudden. That would be the ultimate twist, right? They're, maybe they're just leaning master into this whole multiverse thing at the end That'd of really season. Like, oh, yeah, this was always a different universe, guys. Sauron wins. Yeah, Sauron wins, Gandalf becomes evil. Um, I don't know. It's all very odd. Um, so, who haven't we talked about then? We love the dwarves, Gilgalad. So you Gilgalad, like Gilgalad and Numenor. You say you say politicking with Gilgalad. I didn't see him politic at all. He's essentially done nothing all season, other than be a bit of a dick. So, yes, I don't disagree with that at all. We only really we see him politicking a little bit when he sort of manipulates Elrond with Celebrimbor, and we see him a little bit at the dinner. But so my my. Th- I originally didn't like him. I think I still don't like him, but the sort of mental hoops that I could jump through are this idea that Gilgalad is the first High King of the Noldor at peace, and he doesn't know how to do it. Every other High King of the Noldor has been some phenomenal character from the First Age, right? Finway, Fingolfin, Feanor. Is Feanor ever a High King? Doesn't matter. Turgon. Like these are yeah, but I think he's he's the problem, isn't he? Because 
and I'm not going to go as far as saying he was ever at peace, but as things were, his kingdom of Gondolin was relatively at peace because they just never interfered. But it was a kingdom under siege, right? And they still have the great enemy, right? It's just, just so sure, happens that Gondolin is hidden. The same way that uh, Beleriand could essentially just sort of chill and do nothing. I don't, I don't, I don't think that's quite right. In terms reason, of at least, you know, all, all the others were sort of on the offensive. Sure, and Turgon. Turgon was, was basically hiding. You're right. And he probably does harm the theory significantly. But I sort of like the idea that Gilgalad just doesn't have a fucking clue what to do. He's terrified that someone's going to work out that he doesn't know what he's doing. And so he comes across as a king still fighting a war. Right, if you if you look at the way he behaves, it makes sense in the context of a, a worldwide conflict. You don't you don't get to argue with the High King because yeah, but you need why, a strong leader. But then why is he so adamant that, that the war is over? Right, he's the one who pushes that storyline. Because he wants it to be, because he wants his people to be at peace. He just doesn't know how to rule them. Now, they've not done any of this, right? They've just made him look like a twat. But that's how I can sort of justify it and justify his behavior in my head. Yeah, maybe. Imagine having to follow Fingolfin and and Turgon and people like that, and you're you've got this crown on your head, and you're like, I'm nothing compared to them. Even you know, full of the the arrogance of the Noldor, as I'm sure Gilgalad is. Three high kings ago was Finway. And people remember Finway. Galadriel probably remembers Finway. Ooh, now then, does she? I'm not convinced that's actually true, but she definitely remembers Fingolfin. Because the timings get very, very weird, don't they? I think I think she must remember Finway because of how quickly things happen once Finway dies, and she crosses the Helcarax. Uh, I think. Yeah, she has to already be around. So she and has of age. Yeah, she she must has to be Finway, old right? enough to remember Finway, even if yeah. she didn't interact with him. So that yeah, might yeah, be why he's he's so hostile to, to Galadriel as well, because he knows deep down she is better than him, because the light of the trees is still in her eyes and all of this stuff. But yes. he's High King. Plus, you know, I don't actually know if he would know that. But she would know that her father is High King of the Noldor of Valinor, so and and I think ultimately if if you're Gilgalad and you were to sail into the West, then you are no longer High King. <laughs> no, that's true. Which does make it a very noble thing that he does that he says, Look, we've got to take our people west to save them. Right? There's a sort of hidden nobility in what Gilgalad's doing. But but that you know, I must say, I I didn't quite get that part of the storyline either. Because if if we assume right, the Gilgalad firmly believes the war is over, as he says, yeah, then there really is nothing that should keep the elves in Middle Earth. Because it's not like he or Galadriel say, "Oh, we love this place so much." Aren't they <laughs> still? Because going west is a reward. So ultimately, they could have just said, "Well, let's all pack it up and go west." And but aren't, with it. aren't the Noldor still under the doom? Um, are the Noldor still under the doom? 
That's a genuine question. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's lifted at the end of the first age. But well, it can't because he sends Galadriel west. But maybe as by virtue of being high, I don't know. I don't know. Gladriel is offered a trip west in the Silmarillion, but I don't remember enough of the Silmarillion because it's too complicated. I think the Doom... Ah, the Doom is... I don't know. Yeah, that's a great question. Because that, that, could be, that could be it, right? Going, going west is a massive risk because they've, they're basically going west to throw themselves on Manway's judgment. Yeah, worst case scenario, you end up in the halls of Mandos. True. Which is still west. <laughs> Which is still west, that's true. No, but you're right. That there, there, there may be... But, but they didn't communicate that particularly well, I thought. No, they, we don't see how Gilgalad is able to give a journey west to Galadriel as a reward and then also able to say, all of our people need to prepare to go west. It's, yeah. It's a bit weird. And, and equally, that sort of suggestion that, that it's something that has to be granted. I don't know about that. I don't, know I, I don't think else. there's anything stopping any elf from just getting on a ship out of I, Legolas and sailing west. Well, this, is, this is the thing. I don't know when the elves start sailing west. Yeah. Is it not until... Well, no, because when... When an Eru reshapes the world, he retains the long road. So the long road must already exist. Which means elves have to be sailing west before the sinking of Numenor. I don't know. Yeah. I don't yeah, know. I don't know either. There's a lot Just, about the first episode that doesn't make a lot of sense. No, but it looked pretty and it looked great. So. It did look very pretty. Uh, what happened? To, what happened to those like elven handmaidens who were on the boat? Did they just all jump off and drown? I wondered that. My <laughs> guess is they also just went to Valinor. I, my, my guess is <laughs> they disappeared they, from the deck. But we've seen that the, they, they the, the, the ships in in Middle Earth have got amazing deck space, like uh, underneath the underneath the deck space. Comparatively tardis like, aren't they? Really is, yeah. Um. Sorry, that's, I just horribly cut you off there, which no, is not unusual. No, but that's fine. I've forgotten what I was saying anyway. That's um, usually why I don't, don't bother apologizing. I want to. I want to see more of Gilgalad. I want to see Gilgalad, last High King of the Noldor, sort of in all his splendor, rather than sort of this like quite shitty politician. Basically, yeah. The, the problem with 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 setting up as a politician is that he's got no political enemies. Yeah, that's the problem. Like Elrond, maybe a little bit, I guess. But, but... El, no, but El, Elrond is his herald at the Last Alliance, so we know they have yeah. no allies. And also, like he's a sort of father figure to Elrond at that point, so that's that's a whole different dynamic. And Gladriel's yeah. like, you can tell ultimately she doesn't really care that much. No, and kind of Rimbor just does his own thing. So, so there's no antagonist to to Gilgalad's politicking. <laughs> Uh, or miscellaneous men, I suppose. Yeah, um, we, did, we did. We did see him holding a spear. We did see Aegloss, which I liked. Um, for no reason, apparently, he was just, just casually holding a spear. <laughs> I guess it's ceremonial. Yeah, I did I like mean, the way he was holding it, though, and really sort of cu- cuddling it. Yeah, this is my baby. I love this spear. <laughs> Yeah, I'm 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 looking forward to seeing him in sort of full regalia, just absolutely going to town on some orcs. 
Uh, well, yeah, because we, we're going to have to have a war now between what, the elves and, it, and the orcs. Yeah. Because the I think Eregion falls. Eregion falls. Pretty quickly, doesn't it? Well, so, so. We need Which is kind of mental because it's, it's ages away from Mordor. We need the seven and the nine to be forged because Celebrimbor has to be tortured by Sauron because he has to give up the location of the seven and nine, but not the location of the three. Because he doesn't tell Sauron about the three. Yeah. So watching Halbrand kill the shit out of Celebrimbor is going to be good. Uh, I really also hope there's an outside um, chance to get Wraith Celebrimbor. Wraith Celebrimbor. <laughs> but it's still the same actor. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> That'd be really good. That, that's great. Um, yeah, no, so that has to happen. Uh, well, we, we need to see some kings of men. Yeah, because uh, nine and of them more, need to get rings. As well, I guess, but at least we've seen one king of the dwarves. Yeah, yeah now, now that Halbrand isn't a king of men, we have none. <laughs> we, well... Because I don't think our Farazon gets a ring of power. Our Farazon does not get a ring of power. Um, We'll probably see... We will probably see their rings of men go east and go to Rune and places like that. We need Angmar. We haven't seen Angmar. Rune is already so weirdly magical. We do need Angmar, yes. Because the witch king of Angmar needs a ring. Yeah, but Angmar is not really a, a place, I think, before the rings. No, that's true. So, so that could be a, another another sort of Easterling king who just then. Well, one the, well, the, I, the witch king's lieutenant needs a ring, and he is an Easterling. Yes. So we need to at least see him, because there's there's um, the big fortress up north as well, right? Where I guess a lot of shenanigans will happen. Fornost is that Fornost? Yeah. Was that Fornost though, or is? Was that meant to be further north than four? I don't. Uh, know. Well, the episode one, they they reach Formenos, or at least the that region. Yeah, that, that that's my question. Was was that? That's, of, well, that's 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 the name they gave it in the show. Did they? Uh, I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> By the way, can we just talk about the amazing, completely needless reveal? Um, after Mount Doom erupted, where they changed the Southlands to oh Mordor. Oh my god, <laughs> it was so bad. I was like, this is so delightfully 90s, it's amazing. So much of it, so much of the show was so good, and so much of it was so bad. It's like <laughs> they decided to animate that like 30 second stretch, and yeah, yeah, we, we know, guys. I, yeah. <laughs> We've known for a while. <laughs> I've, seen a, I've seen a really good recut of that, which was, you zoom out of... Um, sort of cinema, basically, and you go to that sort of classic Lord of the Rings shot of the map. Yeah, that would have been better. And then, and then you just see sort of Mer- Mordor burn across the map rather than the Southlands. That I would have liked, but just it looked like a nineties PowerPoint presentation. That's when they were like, "Yeah, we've spent five hundred million quid already, so uh, this is it, <laughs> lads." That volcano was really expensive. Can anyone's kid <laughs> whip us up a PowerPoint for this? Yeah, um, yeah. So men, men that we have seen, or, or women, I guess. Numenor, because I liked Numenor. I thought Numenor was great. I thought that was really well done. I wanted to spend a little bit more time there, though. I think we will. 
I think we will as well. But it looked great, right? I mean, amazing. It looked phenomenal. There was there was one shot in particular which I messaged you about afterwards, um, which is the shot of Arendil, well, the statue of Arendil, sort of that looks over the bay of Numenor with a glowing stone at its head with the star in the background. Mm. And I, I remember watching that and just going, yeah, this is why I'm watching that show. Shots like that. That was, that yeah, was phenomenal. Absolutely. And Uno, like, like has a doom and stuff, just looked absolutely yeah. incredible. Um, and the music as well. The music is so good. The, the musical yeah. director has done a phenomenal job. And I think that, you know, they've also actually done really well in terms of selling all the characters because I, I kind of feel bad for Tarmiriel, especially now that she's definitely got some sort of ocular issues. Yeah, um, she's... Elend- Elendil's done, I think, really well to sort of endear himself. He also um, has a fantastic hat. Has a fantastic He's really obsessed with those fucking new Norian hats. They're not that good. Spe- no, specifically Elendil's. Elendil's got like a really cool, like, winged helmet. Because <laughs> it looks a bit like tinfoil. You're just so used to having it. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, no, but he's, I think his struggles as a father and as a commander, I think that's really yeah. engaging. Isildur has been great. His sister's, you know, well, I was going to say she's great. I don't really, really know how she's she in yet. But done much. You no, know, other than killed the king. And, yeah, she did. Killed the king. Yeah. And then right. Arion we haven't even met yet. And even Arafarazon, I think, has been really engaging because at times it's like, you know, he, he might have a point, guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And his son as well. Yeah, there's definitely going to be some shenanigans there, right? Some some Elendil versus Arafarazon familial shenanigans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Elendil. Calling it Elendil. now, son kills Elendil's daughter. Yes, I completely agree. During Farazon's coup. Yeah. I completely agree. I think that's a really good shot. Or, or they, even worse, she somehow sides with with Alfaraz on then. Yeah, there's a lot. And then drones. Yeah. yeah, that's also possible. I I think I think the sun kills her because she's yeah, going to go and warn Elendil, and for some yeah. reason Elendil's important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that. That's good. That'd that's very good. good. Mm. Um, yeah, because Muriel uh, didn't really see that coming. Her being blind, I don't. I don't remember if that's like a thing in the books. I I don't remember. Doubting, she she barely features, but yeah, she she simply exists for Farazon to marry and take over. Yeah, but I guess because they were, they portrayed her as a very strong character, and maybe this is a way of. But, Potentially bit, meaning that she has to rely more on our Farazon for things. Yes, I don't know. Um, and it then I guess becomes easier for like Farazon to bring. If if we assume that it's Farazon who goes back to Middle Earth or Elendil or someone or not her, it becomes easier to bring Sauron back to Numenor because she literally can't see him. Oh yeah. <laughs> I didn't even thought of that. I thought I'd, I genuinely just had that thought, but yeah, I think it works. That would be amazing if he's just—he just always in the throat, but he never yeah. says that. <laughs> he just—he just constantly when he's with her, he just looks like um, how he portrayed himself to Galadriel in that reflection. Just him in his like evil armor. That reflection. That that I, I want to come back to that sort of mind fuckery that Halbrand was doing to Galadriel. That was really good. Yeah. 
that was really well done. And you know what? Excellently acted by Finrod, I thought. Because from the beginning, I was like, there's, there's something a little off about him here. Yeah, because I was, I was a big fan of Finrod at the start. And then I remember not liking him in that scene. Yeah. It's because it was it wasn't really Finron, that's yeah, why. That was very, very but well. Really done. incredible acting from my obvious um expertise. <laughs> that was very, very well done. And then going back to the raft. Yeah. And and yeah, just starting to and obviously Sauron is the deceiver and all of that, so he's screwing around with Galadriel, but I bought it. And you know what? I, I think it's a continuation of the actual conversation they had. I, I don't think it's him doing anything. I think he just knocked her out and left, essentially. Uh, and then she, in her own mind, was having these battles with herself. You think? <laughs> I don't I don't think he physically did you think anything. He did there. it. Uh, that's, a, that's a good idea. Because that that's ultimately way scarier, right? That he's essentially got like mind magic powers i th- i think he just got under her skin to such an extent that when she fell into the river she had this big old she, problem she was, she was essentially having a, a fight with her own subconscious yeah that's really interesting because it's this it's the same fight that galadriel is still having in the third age when frodo offers her the ring exactly so that's really interesting i like that a lot and then eventually she she passes the test, she wins the fight, but not until the third age. Yeah, and hopefully I think what they're sort of setting up is that she won't do it alone, right? She'll have the likes of Elrond, you know, doing it with her. What, pulling her back from the edge? Yeah. Yeah, that's I like that's good. Being, being a sort of guiding light. As you know, yeah. seems to be his family tradition. Well, yeah, I like the way they've sort of set up their relationship as completely sort of older sister, younger brother type thing. I think that yeah, works really well. In so far, they, they dropped the bombshell about Celeborn actually being her husband. That's what that was going to be my last thing. Where is Celeborn? Where is Celeborn? I, th- I think he's in the Greenwood, but then we've already left the Greenwood now, so I don't know. That, yeah, I don't know. That could but it also be... raises the question: Is is Calabrian already With... alive? <laughs> she, I sort of think she has to be, because otherwise, at some point, we're going to need like a pregnant Galadriel. <laughs> I just don't think that's going to work with the character that they've built. Although, yeah, but then, four... but then Elrond would already. Presumably, be married, know her, and be married to her, or maybe we get to see a wedding. You know that she is actually alive with Caliborn somewhere. Who knows? So you I'm, I'm wondering her. if we're going to see if that's how you start to tie the stories together. So Nori and the stranger meet Caliborn. Yeah, exactly, and maybe his daughter. Yeah, and maybe Calabrian. But I feel like if Galadriel had a daughter we would know it because it would have been relevant at some point because either she thinks that she's dead or she's the reason Galadriel keeps fighting and also simply when she was you know uh, with Theo it's probably the sort of thing you would mention no yeah yeah I remember when my daughter was your age exactly yeah exactly um, yeah. Theo, yeah. So Theo, the- we had a theory on Theo, didn't we? That, that he might be the Witch King. 
ultimately. I like the I like the Theo is the Witch King theory. I like your suggestion that he's our corruption barometer as well. Yeah. Cause he seems very willing to go dark the moment things aren't going well. Very much so, yeah. The the problem is I I have no idea where that storyline, so so the Theo Bronwyn Aaron Deer storyline is going to go, because they're now Eden Mordor? Well they're going I to Pelargir. They were heading to Pelargir, weren't they? Yeah, that's true. So they're just gonna become Gondorian? <laughs> yeah. So because that I guess is where Elendil will, will land ultimately. I I still also I mean I know I'm saying everyone's a blue wizard at this point, but I, I still have outside odds on her being a blue wizard somehow. Absolutely not. Yeah, I'm not yeah. having that. I'm not having her as a blue wizard. I don't mind a, f- a female blue wizard, but she's not. She's wearing blue, yeah, sexist. Oh, give a shit. <laughs> give a shit that she's wearing blue. <laughs> Idiot. <coughs> wow, you've not had that in a show for a while. Goodness. I must feel offended if I Good. in any way cared about your opinion. No, you've said that before, and I hate that theory. It's the worst theory you've got about the show. I don't know. I just feel they're the most. They're the furthest east, so if we're going to see a connecting of the storylines, I can only imagine the Istar and Nori meeting them. Although if they're going to Pelagia, that is quite a long but, way south. <laughs> but I don't know where the Istar and Nori are. I don't know where they're starting. Yeah, the oh. Grove. At one point they showed a map, right? I, I want to say the Grove was like it's too in- far from where the Dead Marshes are. Well, it's in now. the Southlands because there was bits of Mount Doom in the Grove. Yes, so true. But I thought they were they were on the northern side of it. Maybe they might be on the other side of the the northern mountains of of Mordor. I'm not sure. Yeah, it was very difficult. Ugh. Yeah, that's interesting. But yeah, hopefully lots more Numenor. You know, hopefully lots more of the same. I, I loved it. Um, yeah. You, you have to just kind of take, as, as I think you put it quite well, you have to take your sort of meta-Tolkien hat off a little bit. Yeah. I and think just take, enjoy it. Take your I've read the Silmarillion too many times hat off. It's really good. And all the I people think. online commenting about, oh, the Irish accents all over the place. It's like, well, they're not in fucking Ireland, are they? <laughs> Yeah, the, 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 that's not an Irish accent. That's a Harfoot accent. Exactly. Um, yeah, it's shit like that. Like, just just go away with your shit criticisms and enjoy it for what it is. There, there are there are some valid criticisms, right? There's a lot of stuff that happens, particularly at the early at the early in the early episodes. Sorry, that's that happens because it's necessary for the plot, and that's sort of it. But yeah, of course. But, I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and say it's the perfect show. <laughs> but that's also just Tolkien, right? There's. I, I sent you, um, something recently about how the plot of the whole of the Lord of the Rings is a contrivance, and that's fine because it's fiction. And if everyone behaved in the way that we'd expect people to behave, we wouldn't have a story. Yes, exactly. So uh, yeah. I think that, it's great. Uh, I mean, if they ever do another one of those slow-mo horse riding shots, I may absolutely. stop watching out of protest. But, you know, I can forgive that just it's, about. Yeah. That was absolutely awful, though. Just, let's just I, be clear about that. I didn't. It was. I didn't, I didn't hate it as much as everyone else seemed to because I sort of understood why they were doing it, but it was just bad and unnecessary. I was like, this is not 
where you spend your budget. You could have done this beautiful map transition of the Southlands into Mordor instead of this slow-mo shot using this camera that would have cost an absolute fortune. Of Galadriel riding a horse. Riding a horse, which she then does many times afterwards. Yeah. (laughs) Anyway. Other than that, (laughs) it's a great show. Yes, it's a very good show. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so I'm assuming in about a year's time, about 10 months' time, we'll... uh, I suspect so. I suspect that's when we're getting the next episode, or the next um, series. Yeah. Until then, we have to wait. Um, You're caught up with all the MCU films. Are you caught up with all the MCU TV shows? No, I need to watch She-Hulk and Werewolf at Night. Um, You need to watch House of the Dragon. Which is really good. I think it's better than Rings of Power. Ooh. It's very different. It's very, yeah. very different. Uh, but I think it's better. Well, yes, I, I will watch it at some point. I'm going to get a Now TV dis- subscription over Christmas and just binge watch it on the Yeah, I, I cracked. Um, so I got the subscription too early. Um, but I'm afraid I think I need to wrap up there because I think I can I can hear a baby. So... I'm afraid that's where we're going to need to leave it. That's all right. Have you got time for the outro? Or are you going yeah, to yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, I, can do, I can do the outro. Well, on that note, <laughs> thanks so much for listening to this episode of Expertise is Overrated. No doubt we've said some things that were either objectively wrong or downright offensive. As ever, feel free to let us know, rate the podcast, and leave us a comment, or drop us an email at expertiseisoverrated at gmail.com, tweet us at zero expertise. Check out our website, expertiseoverrated.podbean.com, or come join us on our Discord server. If you're lucky, we might just argue with you in one of our upcoming episodes. And if you're really lucky, we might call you an idiot. Now, since next episode will be our 40th, which is terrifying, we're going Mm. to expand on what we were going to talk about this time and look at bad guy power creep in superhero films. Is it there? And is it a problem? Join us then for more nonsense.